Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hi, welcome to this episode of The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Jeff Jowdy, your host for today's discussion with Vern Snyder on advancement in a university setting. Vern, welcome to The Beacon Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here, Jeff. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we are we are honored and uh, just to admire your long career in advancement. And we connected years ago at the Faculty Trading Academy, and I've just enjoyed following your career. And you're someone uh, that I hold in the highest regard in our profession. Thank you. But for our listeners, uh, Vern's retired in 2015 as Vice President for Institutional Advancement at the University of Toledo and had served in that role in 14 years. Previously, he served as Vice President for Institutional Advancement at Eastern Kentucky University and Youngstown State University. Burns a graduate of West Virginia University with a master's degree in music education. In 1993, he earned the CFRE, the Certified Fundraising Executive Status, and in 2010, he became one of only 107 individuals with the Advanced Certified Fundraising Executive Status, ACFRE. And at the 2016 International Conference, Vern was recognized as the Outstanding Fundraising Professional. He serves on the ACFRE Certification Board and has been very active on the AFB International Conference Education Committee. As a professional fundraiser, Vern's raised over a half a billion dollars, and during his tenure at the University of Toledo, the university received over $160 million in gifts, including the largest gift ever to the institution. Again, Vern, just welcome to the Beacon Podcast, and you are, are a, a, to me, a light of, uh, in the industry in terms of integrity and, and knowledge, and just one of the great, great professionals and colleagues, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate them. Well, and one of the things that, that I'm so impressed, and we we talk about relationships and uh, and and the importance of them, and when you have the average tenure, some say for development professionals of two and three years, and I know the studies are showing that for university presidents, college presidents, they're down to about six or seven years on average, and you had a great. Uh, tenure of 14 years at uh, the University of, of Toledo, so that longevity uh, certainly speaks for itself. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Vern, on how university advancement has changed over the decades that you've been involved. Well, sure, I'd, I'd be happy to talk about that. That's uh, uh, an area where uh, I have some some great interest the arc of my career is 30-plus years, most of those spent in higher education. And so I have seen uh, higher ed evolve in a number of, of really interesting ways. If there are older professionals looking at this, they'll remember having to go to the library and look up who's who in the Midwest and who's who in finance and then uh, head on down to the courthouse when you're trying to track down um, a will or bequest of a donor, and of course now it's all done online. And so the the use of the electronic medium has just been the most remarkable uh, transformation uh, in higher ed advancement, as it has in most everything. But we are now 
basing our decisions uh, <clears throat> on, on what our database can tell us by through electronic reports as opposed to back when we began it was just simply donor strategy um, and looking at uh, segments of the data and hoping that you selected uh, the right marketplace uh, and the right uh, annual fund letter and the right strategy and hope that you had knew the person, uh, the, the donor very well that you were talking to, rather than having the ability to learn about them ahead of time. Um, I think the patterns of giving uh, are now more precise and far more accurate uh, than than ever uh, when we started in this business. There has been uh, a move uh, in the business to larger and larger gifts. In 30 years ago, a $1,000 gift through the annual fund was a, a time of great celebration and people doing backflips when um, now, with the move to major gifts and the move to better research, we can attract those alumni and, uh, at the university who are capable of significant gifts. And it's more of a logical approach rather than the random approach, oh, or I think that alum has money, maybe you should go talk to him. We're much more professional. We're much more prepared to cultivate and to uh, speak with these potential major donors, uh, and I think they appreciate that increased level of sophistication on our part. Uh, there is the gender flip. When I began, it was 57% male uh, in the business. Now it is 57% female. The female senior leaders were a very rare commodity back in the 80s, 70s and 80s, whereas now this predominant form of leadership, I think that's a wonderful change. I think as, as important, the professionalism of the leadership has greatly increased. The people that you see are degreed. Uh, they have uh, the younger folks now are even seeking degrees in philanthropy. Whereas the time I started, as you can see, my degrees were in music education. I rather backed into the business. Uh, where now it's a, um, a, a strategic professional move by these by the folks now in the higher ed to become professionals uh, and and that has changed the makeup of the leadership level because our female colleagues have come up through uh, volunteerism and through those areas and they were effective and they're good and they get the degrees and, and move forward up in those careers so it's it's the diversity of fundraising that kind of impresses me over the years that has been a significant change and last i would say it's the um, increase in professionalism from the standpoint of degrees in philanthropy, credentialing. There is the CFRE, Certified Fundraising Executive Credential, the ACFE, uh, ACFRE, Advanced Certification. Those uh, credentials that say to our donors, we do know what we're talking about, and oh, by the way, here's a credential that says other people believe that we know what we're talking about. And that uh, that move to credentialing and to uh, the uh, International Advanced Diploma and these other areas has also said to our higher ed colleagues, we, we are professionals. We're not the uh, former coach or the former uh, very much revered vice president who wandered over in development office one day and decided to ask people for money. No, we're now professionals. And I think the academic side of the house is coming to appreciate um, 
that continuing learning on our part and the fact that we are credentialed. So there's been a lot of change over the arc of my career, uh, and most of it has been good. Great insight. And, Vern, you, you noted that the bulk of your career is in, in higher ed, but you have experience outside of higher ed and certainly you know, your engagement as a ACFRE and CFRE and through the uh, Association of Fundraising Professionals, you've engaged with uh, many colleagues from outside of higher ed. How do you see university uh, higher ed fundraising work as different than uh, fundraising for other nonprofits? Yes, it is, um, and and one of the ways in which other nonprofits will say, "Oh, you're 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 lucky. You work at a university. You have a built-in constituency," and that's correct. Rather than buy lists uh, or have to seek in the community uh, those individuals who shape or share uh, our mission and goals, and we do do some of that. We have alumni. Uh, in the case of University of Toledo, it's 180,000 alumni, built-in constituency who share a common experience. And so as fundraisers, we can utilize that shared common experience to our benefit when we're talking with our alumni, uh, that we can work with them and bring them back to the days when they were on campus the days when they met their spouse or they had a significant experience or there was a very rare um, game that they they often talk about and think of and and that is the I think the singular most difference with universities I still communicate with my three roommates uh, uh, from music school and we get together once a year uh, and uh, last year, when we all turned 70, we decided to perform for the first time in 50 years. That's a rare experience, and that's what? something that only universities have. Additionally, oh, I love it. What, what's your performance area? I've got. I hate to interrupt, but I got to know. Oh, I'm a tuba player. I love it. I love it. So I next, the next tell- vegan podcast will be Vern on tuba. <laughs> well, you should get the four of us together because uh, Jay is the Jay Chataway who uh, writes the musical soundtrack for Star Trek: The Next Generation. Joe Smith, oh, wow. the French horn player, who's the former dean at Berkeley in Boston, and and John Galker is a music supervisor from Redline, Pennsylvania, one of the most respected ba- uh, band directors uh, uh, in the country. So it's an wow. interesting group, but That's only awesome. universities can bring that together. (laughs) Going on, multi-layered opportunities for support. As I work in my retirement with some smaller nonprofits, I have to make the adjustment that they have one singular mission, one singular uh, goal that they are uh, attempting to talk to the members of the community, whereas a university is just that. It's a university. Everything you need is there. And while our common mission is education, we have these singular opportunities to support research, to support um, the arts, to support engineering. It's all there, and I think that is uh, makes it different kind of work. Uh, to the advancement officer, then, uh, you must be conversant in all of those areas, not deeply conversant, but you have to know what they're doing, and you need to... Uh, be prepared to talk to each of those subject areas. We have built-in cultivation. We can invite you in for a football game or a concert or a dramatic performance, uh, a poetry reading. We can 
have things that attract donors, things that allow them to come see us, to see our product, what it is we do. That's a little, that's a much more of a challenge for a group, let's say, that uh, shelters um, women and children who have had, uh, have been uh, abused. Uh, they have, uh, touring around there is not necessarily convenient or, or wise. And so we have that added added. Uh, advantage. On the other side of the coin, as I mentioned, we have alumni. Well, they can be a force for good or not. Every year we did a survey. It's called the annual fund. And if our alumni didn't like what we were doing, those gifts would drop. And so you're, you are more likely to have the involvement of your donors and your prospects in the, the life of the university than in other organizations. That's, all, that's a good thing, and that's also can be an inconvenient thing. And then I think last is that uh, Rather than uh, having to share a local or regional uh, base of donors with, as in the case of Northwest Ohio, a thousand other nonprofits um, at the University of Toledo, uh, we have a national, uh, international actually, alumni database. And so we are not necessarily geographically bound um, by uh, Ohio. We have uh, indeed over probably two-thirds of our alumni are not in the state at all. They are throughout the country and the world. And so our reach is very, very uh, far going. Um, Additionally, is that attraction we bring to the corporate and the foundation world, Mm. which are those areas of work that research can do that uh, provides that enlightened self-interest that we hear corporations talking about. So I would say those are the major points of difference uh, when you are engaged in university uh, advancement rather than other nonprofits. Very helpful. And Vern, final question: Just what, what advice? You've got such a great, successful, uh, long-tenured career. To what advice would you give to a, a newer, younger professional looking to a, a career in university advancement? What couple things would you say he or she should be looking toward? If and I, and I do advise and mentor young fundraisers. I think the first and foremost, and this may seem badly obvious, but it's really not. Uh, as a young professional, you can you should concentrate, I believe, on the skill of learning to ask people for money, because that's what you're being asked to do. And universities are very uh, diverse as well. And so, as a young professional, there are a lot of things to get your attention, whereas you can spend an awful lot of time analyzing why people give or looking up this donor or that donor, when in fact what you need to do is be out talking with the donors and seeking um, their participation in the giving program, making an ask. That's uh, the first area of success because a major gifts officer um, in general, let me back up, major gifts officers in general over the past oh, decade, have seen an an unbelievable increase um, in their compensation levels because their skill is so rare. It is an important thing to have when you're starting out. If you have that skill, you will move quickly through the system. Two, you must believe in the mission. Understand the mission of higher ed. It's not just all football and beanies and having a good time. It has a mission, a very serious mission, and you need to understand that. You need to be prepared to be involved in a community, both internal, the university community, and external, the obviously community in general, so that they see you uh, uh, 
uh, as a professional and they see you for the good work that you can do for the university and the donors see you as a person they can trust. Um, along that same line, learn to communicate and cultivate. Learn the skills of people skills uh, as we all in this person sort of share that common go uh, common attribute of people skills, but hone those skills so that you can learn to be a great listener. And through that listening, you cultivate people. And last but not least, you work at a university. In order to earn the respect, you must be a student of continuous learning. Oh. And that goes to seeing to, uh, where you have the opportunities to get your credentials, to perhaps get an advanced degree, those things which are important both internally and externally to your constituencies, but they will help to determine your success as you climb up through the profession. So that's what I would say are the major points uh, to building a, a successful career. And if I might, I'm doing a AFP freebie uh, webinar on uh, May 10th, uh, which is called the Strategic Plan of You, uh, Building Your Career Strategic Plan. How's that? Perfect. Thank you so much, and great, great advice. Vern Snyder, ACFRE, and 2016 AFP International Outstanding Fundraising Professional. You have honored us and our listeners by sharing your insight. And thanks for being on the podcast. It was great to talk with you and, and always learn from being around you, and we'd love to have you back. Thanks, Jeff. It was my pleasure, and I, and I hope it uh, is helpful to your to your listeners, and uh, anytime you uh, call, I'll be sure and respond. You're kind. I look forward to the next version and, and planning the uh, the uh, musical uh, uh, <laughs> adaption as well. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Thanks for listening to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at lighthousecouncil.com.